movie, a story or event recorded by a camera as a set of moving images and shown in a theater or on television. Modern comedies are just so trashy. Are you really going to watch that movie whenever it says the blank word? Don't you know horror films are of the devil and they open doors? These are just some of the things that many people, especially in the Christian circle, say about movies. But Phil Strangligali, author of Jesus Loves Movies, feels a bit differently. Phil is on a mission to show how God can speak to us through movies. Whether it be horror, rom-com, drama, or sci-fi, God's beauty can show through to show us things about Him in a visual way that otherwise would be hard to see. We are for the spiritual nomads, the outcasts, and the ones who desire to ask the hard questions. A shelter in the desert, a safe place to share our thoughts, our hopes, and our dreams. We are pursuing the truth, and we don't care about downsides. We invite you to come and sit at our table and be a part of our tribe. We are brave. We are bold. We are the Reckless Pursuit. Hey everyone, welcome to the Reckless Pursuit. My name is Elaine. And my name is Cody. And this is episode 68. Today we're talking with Phil Strangalagali. Phil is the author of Jesus Loves Movies. It is a book about how in every single type of film, in so many of the big blockbuster movies that a lot of Christians seem to kind of shy away from, there's aspects of God. We talk about how God can be seen in so many different things that he's not able to just be contained to a box into this modern way of church thinking where we disregard the world around us and don't allow just his beauty to be shown through. We talk about what Phil has got out of some modern movies. We throw some pop culture references, talk about some modern blockbusters, some classics, and what uh, God spoke to Phil through those movies. And we talk about his book, Jesus Loves Movies, what inspired him to write it, the story behind it, and just how movies helped Phil out in a hard time in life. We also talk a little bit about women's uh, roles in church and how uh, the movie Wonder Woman ties into all of that and just equality for men and women. It's a really good episode. It's lighthearted. It's fun. It's quirky. But before we get into our conversation with Phil, a quick reminder, we have a community where we want to keep this conversation going. Hop down into the show notes below there is a link and we would love to have you apart just go and click and we will be sure to add you we also have weekly blogs every wednesday where i talk about what we talked about on the podcast and maybe just even some offshoots about the different topics yeah it goes a little deeper into into what we didn't get to in the conversation we're also on youtube now Highlights from all of our episodes are in video, so you can see the faces behind the voices. It's an intimate setting. We'd love to have you over there as well. Hop in those show notes, grab that link, and go and subscribe to the channel. We would appreciate it. And one more thing. If you have a friend who maybe is a bit too uptight about media or you think would enjoy this episode, we ask you to share it along. That's the best way to keep the conversation going. But without further ado, here's our conversation with Phil Strangalagali, author of Jesus Loves Movies. 
Hey everyone, we're sitting here with Phil Strangalagali, author of Jesus Loves Movies. Phil, how are you? Good, good. It's great to be here. It's great to talk with you guys. We appreciate you. I think uh, you guys found each other through Instagram. Instagram. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And so we saw your book. We got a copy of it. And I got to say, it's really enjoyable. Elaine's been hogging it, to be really yeah. honest. <laughs> I have. She just now finished it up. So I just got to start it yesterday. And I breezed through the first few. Um, I'm going to start pacing it out from now. But I breezed through the first few just so I could get like a feel for your writing. And I got to say, I really enjoy just the little nuggets you pull out of each movie. So before we get too into anything, tell everyone what your book is about. And uh, then we'll talk a little bit about what inspired you to write it. Yeah, so basically it uses 30 films and analyses of these 30 films to help people grow closer to Jesus. Um, but also really at the core of it, it's, you know, a self-help type of book. And, mm -hmm. you know, it uses movies, um, to help people out emotionally, to help people out uh, psychologically, and yeah, deal with issues in life that you know are really difficult to deal with. Yeah, I love it. Media is a huge topic in Christian culture, church culture, and all that. So I'm really looking forward to getting into that. But before we do that, tell us a little bit about uh, a little bit about you and what inspired you to write Jesus Loves Movies. Wow. Yeah. So basically, this book was never planned. Um, it. I never planned on writing it. I know I, I wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to wake up and you know, I'm going to write this book. Um, it literally came from a place of pain. It came from a deep place and I just started watching movies and I felt like there was a huge connection between movies and my life. And there were a lot of things that uh, God wanted to show me through movies. Yeah. And I just started uh, writing about it. And then all of a sudden it became a book. Hmm. That's pretty cool. That's really awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, at what point in this journey did you really just start realizing like, wow, God is speaking to me through these movies? Yeah, I would definitely say uh, with The Count of Monte Cristo, like that's the first film that I was watching. And I don't normally get this, but I was just prompted to just watch this movie over and over and over again. I was literally sitting in my room I watched it once and I was like, I need to watch this again. Yeah. And I watched it again. And then I watched it for a third time. And I was just like, there is such a deep message here and such a message that God was speaking to me through it. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that's, that's where it started. Hmm. That's very cool. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your backstory. Where do you come from? How'd you get into writing? Has writing always been something you've been into or is it really something like this hit you and you're like, man, I've got to write this down. I think, at the core of who I am, I've always been a writer. Um, ever since middle school, I would have a hard day at school. I would run to my room and I would just write and write and write. I remember moving out when I got married uh, recently, but well, two years ago, it's coming on right now. I threw out like so many journals <laughs> and there were like five or six journals like filled uh, just with so much writing and I think at the core of it, um, with the way I express myself, with the way I deal with things internally, I like to write. And I feel like that's a huge part of grieving and grieving through the seasons of my life. Um, so at the core of it, I'd say that's, that's where it came from. Very cool. So let's just get into the meat of this. 
uh, initial reaction on how, uh, I guess, just modern Christianity and church culture takes a lot of secular movies? What's your just initial thoughts on all of that? Yeah, I think from the pulpit, it's not a good thing to talk about which movies people should watch or shouldn't watch. Mm -hmm. I think it's up to the person, honestly. I mean, my wife is a great example. She doesn't like horror movies Mm -hmm. and she won't watch horror movies because she can't stomach it. And that's totally fine. Um, Mm -hmm. But for me, I love horror movies. I feel like there are certain types of horror movies that I wouldn't like to watch, but there are certain types of horror movies that are absolutely incredible. Uh, the story is is amazing and and can move you and take you into deep places. Elaine is a horror film buff. Always have been ever since I was a kid. And yeah. I enjoy horror films as well. Um, there are certain ones with certain things that we won't get into right now. There's just certain types of them that like they just kind of shake me a little bit more yeah. than I think they do you even. Yeah. Horror films have always been like we love Halloween. If you look around our room, I mean, there's references to like the Demogorgon right above me, like. Uh, I have masks hanging on my wall from all kinds of like different like Halloween's like one of our favorite holidays. Like we oh, yeah. enjoy haunted houses, horror films, just yeah. everything about it. it. Yeah, everything about it. And it doesn't really mess with us spiritually. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people have given us flack for that in the past. Yeah. I so, remember I was gonna say I remember one time like I had shared with a friend about how they had these bath bombs. They were like Halloween themed bath bombs. It was like Freddy Krueger and Friday the 13th and stuff like that. And I had shared with a friend and somebody had messaged my friend and was like, that's evil. You're opening doors. And I was like, it's a bath bomb. Like, I don't, yeah. I didn't understand. So there, I was going to say, like, I, I've definitely had some a, a flack from just even not even movies, but just like a bath bomb, like around that kind of theme. And so I know that like a lot of Christians think like that's evil. You can't watch those movies. So I think that whole aspect of creating, I think horror movies can be the most creative movies out there. And I think people are missing out, you know, that are, that are not watching, you know, horror movies if they can stomach them. That's just, you know, that's the way I uh, talk about it. But I definitely think there's a level of creativity that is just unmatched when it comes to other genres. And if you're a creative person or you're into, you know, that type of stuff, horror movies can be a delight and can be really fun. With just a little bit of that whole, um, they're talk- I guess the conversation around like personal conviction and um, opening doors and all of that, what is kind of like the mental state or just kind of the attitude that different people take toward this. Cause a lot of people like Elaine was saying, they get worked up like, Oh, you're opening doors. You're, you're allowing things into your life. And then to us, like, I've just never really felt yeah. that way. Like, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like there's this fear involved a lot of times in what we don't understand. You have anything to say kind of on those lines? Yeah, absolutely. I think the huge thing that people associate with horror movies is that they are demonic and you're opening doors or, you know, as, as Elaine was saying, I think Wes Craven, I mean, he said, he says a really good quote, um, in relation to horror movies, he says, it doesn't induce fear. It releases it. And I think that's good. There's something to be said there. So, yeah, that's really good. Just the idea that fear is something that we're already dealing with. And it just, it kind of makes you deal with those emotions. Mm -hmm. So, uh, why does Jesus love movies? (laughs) When I first came to Christ, 
And I, I shut off a lot of things in my life. I shut off fun. I shut off, you know, I would play video games for a long time when, uh, right before I came to Christ. And I remember selling my Xbox. <laughs> I remember uh, taking off uh, everything on the television. You know, I, I wouldn't even watch TV. I would sit in my room. I would read the Bible for like five to six hours, try to memorize scripture. That was me uh, when I first came to Christ. So I went through a bit of a transformation as God was uh, showing me more of his character mm-hmm. and who he is and that he's very personal and that he cares about what we care about. So I think that's where that whole dynamic came from. I love movies. So therefore, I mean, Jesus loves movies because he loves me. I think it's very interesting how in Christian culture, we've kind of adopted this mentality of when you come to Christ, that means everything else around you has to go away. That we have to throw everything out because God's, you know, making us new, making us white as snow or whatever words you want to use to call it that. And inadvertently, we toss everything out that we enjoy. We toss out a bit of our identity with that, really a lot of our identity with that. And uh, I think that's interesting what you're saying there, just how like, I mean, I, I understand that. Like I've, I've grown up in church my whole life, honestly. Like that was something that from a young age, like I grew up, you know, here in the South and church is just kind of ingrained into everyone's culture for the most part. And I remember like going through um, times when I come back from camp and I would end up throwing away tons of media that I had like uh, CDs and movies and all that and just taking them and tossing them in the trash can. And it was kind of like this ritualistic thing that you get back from camp, you go and you toss out your media. And most of this stuff wasn't even that dramatic. Like it's all pretty chill in the grand scheme of things. A lot of it wasn't even like bad moral or whatever, you know, people would kind of, kind of coin it as it was just like what you did. Right. And I think that a lot of times we do that thinking we're pleasing God, but it's just like what you were saying. And this actually goes back a little bit to our Enneagram conversation we were having not too long ago as well of just how God gives you desires, gives you passions, gives you things you enjoy for a reason. And it's kind of that whole us versus them. Insiders are safe. Outsiders are bad. The world around you around you is out to get you kind of mentality of no, like God is everywhere and can be seen in everything. And I think that's that's just that's really really powerful. My wife is seven, by the way. Oh really? Oh, yeah. yeah I'm a what three. are you? You're three. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm trying to understand it. My wife, she's yeah, she knows it. It's stuff. a beast. It's a lot to take in. Yeah. Yeah, it's a whole lot to take in. That's actually why we did a series on it because podcasts are what got me into it in the first place. And so I was like, well, we'll try to give our opinion of it out there. Yeah. It's it's hard. You have to just consume countless bits of information to try to get it but i think that that kind of ties into a little bit of what we're saying here of just like god is every number god is all of the different things he represents all of our different feelings and emotions and desires and so that even carries over into our media for sure well yeah because i i feel like maybe with like if you are passionate about horror films you know that's the thrill the excitement you could view that as god god is thrilling god's exciting there's new mm-hmm. things about him or you know as a as a four being super emotional, you know, God is, you know, he gave you emotions for a reason. And just like, you can start seeing all of that through the Enneagram or even through movies, just like, just completely diving into that. You can go as deep as you want to with all of that kind of stuff. So I have a question for you here. This we're going to role play, role play just a little bit here. 
say you're in a church setting, or okay. I guess it doesn't really matter. I say church setting because it's like the most likely place that'll happen. But say you're in a setting and a person comes up to you, they're a little more spiritual, they're a little more dogmatic, and they say, Phil, I really enjoy what you're trying to do with your book, hmm. but I feel like you're misleading people by telling them it's okay to go and just watch anything because they'll get something out of it. What would your response to that be? <sighs> I have gotten that. Um, oh, yeah. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I have. And I've respond, I want to respond with love with everybody that I talk with, obviously. You know, that's, that's what we want to do with like every conversation. People have opinions. Um, but I think depending on our relationship, like if we're close, I would say, Hey, let's, let's grab a cup of coffee. Let's sit down. Like this is, this requires a lot more than just talking, you know, just, just in this five minute conversation yeah. here, I would probably set them aside and, uh, talk with them for a very long time <laughs> and listen <laughs> yeah. to them and, and yeah. get to know their experience and what they're um, where they're from and why they believe this. What is a, what is like a common theme? You said you've got this question before. So like, what is a, a common root of why people feel this way toward, toward media in general? I think honestly, because it has been preached from the pulpit. Sure. I think it has been preached from the pulpit to not watch rated R films or to not watch films that have certain things in them. And if they have one, two, three, four, five curse words in it, don't watch it. Yeah. I think there's that element. So what are like three of your favorite movies that have spoke to you the absolute most? Oh, wow. So there's so many. <laughs> I know you have a whole book. Many. You have a whole book on it. I'm yeah. asking you to pick there three. Are so many. Um, Count of Monte Cristo was, was the real start of it. Mm -hmm. um, I think the 2002 adapted version, I like that the best. I connect with that the best um, because Jim Caviezel as well, he went through a uh, transformation as well in his life. I, I just I just think that movie connects with me uh, so much. They didn't exactly take everything verbatim from the book that it was based on. They dialed it up a notch and, and I really, really enjoyed it. I think that was the one that really connected with me the most because you know, when, when people do you wrong, your instant reaction as a human is to want to do something back to them, you know, want to do wrong back to them, forgiving them, blessing them. It's countercultural. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot what, you know, God was teaching me through Count of Monte Cristo. What are some other key things that you have either like learned or have solidified um, who God is to you that you have learned through movies? Honestly, that he's fun, that he's personal. And that he's been with me through it all. Um, I relate with a lot of stories that people have been treated unjustly. And when I see something like that on screen and, you know, I see the reality of it, it's, it's almost like I get God saying, like, I'm seeing you, like, I'm seeing the situation. I am Elroy. That's, that's a lot of what I, uh, I experience. What's been one of the hardest films for you to try to get something out of? <laughs> My wife really likes watching the very happy, very like nothing, no antagonist whatsoever. And I, I found myself just, just relaxing and just sitting back and just, uh, just watching that movie for what it is and just, mm -hmm. just relaxing. And a lot of the times it's not God necessarily speaking to me through this movie, but it's just relaxing and, and just having fun and that being something that God is speaking over me. So what movies are you watching now? Or like, what are your favorite recent movies that you've seen? 
I saw Detective Pikachu, which I actually yeah, really enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, what did you guys think? Um, I thought it was very beautiful. Yeah. Like just like cinematic wise, it was a very pretty mm-hmm. movie. Um, it wasn't at for me. It wasn't as cheesy as I thought it was going to be. Mm. I feel like the trailer kind of portrayed it as like this really cheesy movie, but the actual movie, I was like, oh, I could actually take something home with that. Yeah, yeah I was really nervous about it being the Ryan Reynolds show. I'm not a huge Ryan Reynolds fan, and I was right. like, oh man, he's gonna be, he's gonna he's gonna butcher like my childhood here. But it wasn't all about him, and I think he actually pulled off the role really well. So props to Ryan Reynolds on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, my only two beefs with it, I would say is I wish they would have used more Pokemon. <laughs> and I'm sure that's a yeah. budgeting thing because I did a really good job on the ones I had, but I wish there would have been more. And I feel like they kind of showed most all of them in the first 10 minutes and then just kind of recycled the characters throughout. And I wish they would have had a few more there. But visually, yeah. like seeing... It was a really pretty movie. I don't know why, but as like a kid, I never thought Pikachu was hairy. It makes <laughs> sense. but And they did a good job like making it look... And when I saw the preview... I was a little nervous about it, but they did a good job with it. They're doing much better than I think Sonic is going to be because Sonic (laughs) looks terrifying. (laughs) Yeah, they're changing the uh, visual effects. Yeah, I heard that, and I was really hoping because they had the trailer playing at the theaters. I was really hoping they would have at least changed it around enough for the trailer. That that and, hey, Jim Carrey's making a comeback, so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I honestly, I thought Detective Pikachu, I mean, that's the start for Pokemon for me in terms of Mm -hmm. live action Pokemon. I think, uh, that this is just the beginning. I think there's going to be more, uh, there, there are going to be more Pokemon films, uh, yet to come out. I'm, I'm excited for that as a Pokemon fan. Um, I also, uh, saw Shazam, which I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was absolutely amazing. I, I loved it. Very cool. So with um, just because I haven't seen uh, Shazam yet, I'm not a DC person, yeah. but everyone said good things about it. So I'll probably have to check it out. I'll probably check it out whenever it like makes its way over to streaming or or like Redbox or something. Yeah. But um, with Detective Pikachu, what did you get out? Or, oh, you know, I have uh, to ask. Yeah. I mean, or what are some good morals you can pull out of this story? It doesn't have to be like uh, God ordained <laughs> this thing on you. I don't uh, want to put pressure on you. There were a lot of themes of friendship. You know that I saw in, in Detective Pikachu, and and obviously the I mean there's there's spoilers here, so I don't want to reveal too much, but um, there was that you know father son theme, mm-hmm. so I was I was appreciative of that. I always I love father son movies; they just always get to me. And but there was there was that element as well. There's there's a lot more to explore. You know, I feel like really analyzing a film and and getting myself to that place, I would really reveal some more stuff. But mm-hmm. sure. one of my favorite movies um, that I like, I wrote a blog post about it several years ago and it just got, it was a, like God was speaking to me through it, but it was completely indirectly and it was her. Have you seen, have you seen that movie? Or like the guy's in love with his phone or. Computer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it. No. Yeah. And um, like, I just, I don't know. I just got so much of it. Like. You know, whenever we put our like faith or our relationships into, you know, technology and not in God, just all the things that happen, like all the drama and just all the hurt and stuff of being, you know, in love with this phone. um, To me, it just proved like whenever we aren't putting our trust and faith and love into God, like, of course, we're going to have trials. Of course, we're going to not have, you know, God to rely on whenever we're going through, you know, traumatic experiences and stuff. And so like 
her really stuck out to me and it's rated r and it has like nudity and stuff but hey like yeah. it, it still it still spoke to me so yeah god can use anything yeah and i think we limit ourselves a lot too on what god can use but i, I think we definitely put him in these boxes of he can use sunday mornings he can mm -hmm. use church outings but he can't use uh, these other tools. Those are the, that's the corruption. Those are the bad things. But, he, you know, it's kind of like the movie Noah. I loved the movie Noah. I thought it was a fantastic movie from someone who enjoys biblical history and stuff. It was a great view from another religion's perspective of the story. But I remember when that movie came out, mm -hmm. people were exploding. Yeah. And like Christians everywhere were like super hyped about the movie at first. And I was just kind of sitting back, you know, I don't know, it reminds me of the Michael Jackson meme eating popcorn because I knew it was about to happen. I knew the movie. I knew the director wasn't a Christian. I knew he was Gnostic. And I knew that, like, everyone's about to, like, lose it over this movie. And then they started boycotting it. Well, yeah, they started freaking out. Yeah. I had a friend who was told, like, that it was a sin and that she needed to repent if she wanted to see that movie. Oh, man. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is insane. Yeah. So I, I definitely think we can... um put God into a box on mm -hmm. what he can and can't work through. Yeah. So mm -hmm. Elaine, real quick, I'm going to turn this over to you and kind of shift gears just a little bit because I have not gotten that far in the book yet, but you have a favorite chapter and it was the Wonder Woman chapter yeah. and something that Phil had wrote there really spoke mm -hmm. to you. So I'm going to let you two go at that. For it was a very profound to me whenever you had mentioned, and I don't want to butcher it word for it, but whenever you had mentioned about like how the first um, sign of oppression towards women was whenever, you know, the serpent targeted Eve, you know, and it wasn't because she was weak, but because like just, you know, the fallen man and just how society is, those pressures that we put on women and just the stigma of that they're weak or that they need to stay at home. They need to, they can't go work. They can't do things. And we had actually watched Wonder Woman a couple of years ago. And, you know, the first time we watched it, we like, I, I don't think we were really, you know, huge fans of it, but it was also late at night. We were, I don't think we were really like in the mindset of watching it. But after reading your chapter on Wonder Woman, I was like, dang, I need to go read to watch this movie because you just like brought this whole side to it that I never even realized of just how strong, you know, how, how strong she was. But everyone in the movie kept thinking like, oh, you can't go to no man's land. You, you can't do this. You can't battle. And then she showed everybody up. And so it just, it was just very profound for me. I owe that to my wife. I mean, we, I talked with her so much about that uh, movie and it, it struck her as well. Like after, uh, so I wrote about it and then we watched it and it really struck her with everything that I wrote about. And then we were talking about it some more and there was just a lot of insight that I was getting from my wife as well. You know, I wanted to make sure also that, you know, I was sensitive, uh, to women, you know, when I was writing, because I'm a man, you know, and I really felt also that there was a huge call for men to repent, because I do think um, that we are responsible as well, that we're responsible in the sense that um, we have viewed women as weak, and we have viewed women as fragile, um, whether it's one man or another man, every man's responsible. And, you know, I just, I wanted to, you know, initiate that fact. and just bring that to light and what led to just kind of the idea that's a, that's an interesting statement to me as well you know i've heard preached from the pulpit um when i was 
a teenager, I want to say, a later teenager. Basically, that Adam was, I mean, I've heard this numerous times, that Adam was deceived by a woman through his, like, lust for her to eat the apple. And, like, when you read the Bible, that's not what it says at all. It literally says that Adam was right there with Eve. They both partook. Like, they're literally, they're both sitting there together. Like, the Bible is giving emphasis, whether you believe a literal Genesis or not. Like, the, the theme of it is man and woman both partook. First woman who is the bringer of life into the world and then man who is the seed. And it yeah. kind of, it was like the corruption of the entire, um, I guess if you're looking at it in like terms of like a plant or an ecosystem, it's corruption of the entire ecosystem. And I just, I think that's really interesting. The idea of like Satan targeting woman first because woman is strong. And obviously there's themes of that. Throughout the Old Testament, there's themes of that, even in Genesis, where it was like, uh, you know, the serpent gives the, I guess, like the desires to the woman. He's like, hey, you can have this. You can have that. Things are being kept from you. And Adam's there, but he's not talking to Adam. And I just kind of think of like men. I think of so many times when we're in public places, Elaine's like engaged in conversation and I'm like out somewhere else. I'm out in left field. I don't know what's going on. Uh but she's like in tune to the moment. And I just, I think that's interesting. You have anything else just to kind of add to that about like what led to the revelation of like, wow, women were actually a strong, um, a strong presence. And that's why they were targeted. Viewing women and viewing men as, you know, one is here, one is there is totally, it's first of all, not right it's not fair yeah. it's unjust and it's just not true like flat yeah. out not true it's so important to know that men and women are equal i think i mean there's a lot that i can say you know i wish my wife were here she's <laughs> out doing social work stuff but um she has a lot to say on this too but I, I have a huge passion for this but i just think women are very strong and women deserve a lot more honor than they get what movie are you excited about coming out this year? Star Wars. <laughs> I'm super excited for that. I can't wait to see what J.J. Abram has up his sleeve. I mean, it can go in any direction. I feel like there are going to be a lot of twists and turns that people aren't expecting. So We don't like to ask people to give like a closing statement. We want to um, give someone something to ponder on. So if you could ask... Uh, everyone listening right now, one question to just make them think, what would that question be? In, in what ways are you putting God in a box? In what ways are you limiting your own desires? In what ways are you sacrificing yourself and, and not, not really being true to yourself and true to the desires that God has put in your heart? Phil, where can people find your book, find you on social? Where, where all are you uh, hiding out on the internet? Yeah, um, I'm at, uh, at fill that in. <laughs> um, at fill that in on Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook. I'm also at jesuslovesmovies.com. That's all over. Um, it's on Amazon. It's actually in a whole bunch of Barnes & Noble stores mm -hmm. uh, all throughout the U.S. Um, you check your local store. And yeah, it just came out on audiobook too. So oh, very cool. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Is that on uh, Audible? It's on Audible, Amazon, and iTunes exclusively. Yeah. Okay, awesome. And all of the links where you can find Phil and his book will be in the show notes below. Yes. 
Phil, we appreciate you taking the time Thank to come you. on here, talk yeah, about media. And with you guys, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. You're awesome. And maybe we should get back together with your wife and talk a little more about uh, women yeah. and uh, movies, women, and just how the church views all that. Because that's a yeah. whole other conversation we would yeah, love to have. That's so. a whole can of worms. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Have a good one, man. Thank you. Guys, that was such a fun conversation with Phil, just understanding just his perspective on different types of movies. And I just think it was a lighthearted, fun episode to do. Yeah, I agree. Phil, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show, to to share your heart, to be vulnerable like that, and just to have fun. Phil, we look forward to talking to you more in the future. And guys, if you got something out of this episode, we ask you hop down there in the comment section, leave a comment, head over to therecklesspursuit.com, shoot us an email, drop us a voicemail, say hi. Be sure to check out all of Phil's links in the show notes below. Go and show him some love. And if you have a favorite movie that you would love to share with us, please you know, email us, message us, tag us in your favorite movie and tell us why. Yeah, and be sure to tag Phil too. We love you guys. We thank you for all of your love, all of your support. We look forward to the next one. And as always, be brave, be bold, and be reckless. We'll talk soon.